You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, The Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to The Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave. We're the football dudes. Dave, are you ready, bro? Ready. That is correct. All right. Next stop, The Trend Zone. In today's episode... We'll talk about the coaching carousel and full speed. We'll talk about some senior bowl action, a little draft order, a little beast mode action, believe it or not. And Dave, we will preview all of the action from super wild card weekend, bro. But I can't go into the zone without a tasty nug. Yes, you got that right, my friend. All right, how about this one, man? Super sticky, tasty. 34 games featured a winning score on the final play. That is the most ever. Wow. 34 games on the final play. I feel like the Chargers were involved in several of those. <laughs> 49, 49 game-winning scores in the final minute of regulation or OT. That's tied for the most ever. And then 57 game-winning scores in the final two minutes of regulation or overtime. That's also tied for the most ever in, in history. Again, these games are so close, so tight. It's the difference between winning and losing. It's a matter of inches, seconds, whatever you want to say. Oh, man. So what you're telling me is so many people are headed for elation this weekend, <laughs> and some are headed for heartbreak, and we're not going to know until the last two minutes. <laughs> what it sounds like, man. <laughs> oh, man, it is going to be hot, Dave. But let's go ahead and look at the – the coaching carousel a couple weeks ago, it was only really Vegas and Jacksonville that were for sure um, players looking for new coaches and Vegas might not be, but we've added a bunch of people to the list after week 18. Yeah, no question about that case. Let's start with Denver firing uh, Vic Fangio, who I imagine will end up right back in the league uh, pretty quickly as a DC. Likewise with Minnesota who let Mike Zimmer go. Uh, he's probably going to land somewhere as a defensive coordinator as well. Minnesota also um, act Rick Spielman uh, uh, along with Zimmer there, too. So they're going to go ahead and clean house there, Casey. Yeah, and with the Bears, we knew this was coming. Nagy is out as well as Ryan Pace, the GM. Those guys are both out. And the Giants, shockingly, were holding on to Joe Judge, which made Cowboy fan <laughs> super happy. And then once exactly. Gettleman stepped down and they started looking for new GMs, they're like, um, nobody wants that job with Joe Judge there. So they went ahead and fired him. And, uh, you know, it was a disturbance in the force, and it made all the NFC East teams weep a little bit. But, Dave, the only real <laughs> head scratcher here came down yeah. in South Beach. Dude, this one's a, a definitely mind-blowing when the Miami Dolphins fire Brian Flores, dude. Three seasons on the job. Looked like he had that Dolphins team heading in the right direction. Yeah, they had a little, uh, you know, a tough start to the season yeah. when they dropped a bunch of games early. But, man, they really rallied and almost came out of that. I just thought they were pointed in the right direction. You know, Tua had been banged up a little bit. Yeah. The consistency there. Uh, I just thought, man, you – it's it's almost like they they have their eye on something else, but I don't. It, it does. It just doesn't make sense to me to just to start fresh and say, okay, let's just look at a new candidate when you got that guy coaching, and he of course is going to be um, a hot guy out there, to, uh, you know, looking for another gig as well. Who knows if he 
uh, is a head coach right now or if he has to uh, build back up his resume uh, as a as a coordinator. Dude, he had a winning record against the hoodie. That's unheard of in the AFC East. This guy will be a head right. coach sooner or later, Dave. But I got to yeah. ask you, did a little um, Charger on Charger crime, former Charger on Charger crime in that Denver game at least bring you a little joy knowing that it was the Melvin combination that got <laughs> Vic Fangio fired? <laughs> yeah, Melvin versus Melvin. <laughs> that was great. I'm sure they had a pl- plenty of those in practice in the good old days uh, w- w- with the lightning bolts on their helmets. But um, yeah, that was a little whacked out there. So <laughs> Denver plenty going to seal that game away and then nope. Boom. Yeah. Chiefs. Wow. <laughs> plenty incest in the West, as oh, they say. Yeah. <laughs> Ra- Raiders are stacked with former Chargers. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was gross on Sunday night. Like former Charger, former Charger. Former Charger, former Charger. Uh, Dave, well, all right. We were talking about coaches a minute ago, and now we're moving forward a little bit. Um, it's never too early to talk about the senior ball. Yeah, we love the senior bowl, Casey. Uh, it always produces a crap load of draft-worthy mm-hmm. players. Almost every single dude at that bowl uh, gets drafted, or if not, they get invited and ultimately signed to a squad uh, from uh, from a training camp. But it'll be the coaching staffs for the Jets and Lions to get a little extra work uh, with this year's draft prospects. Yeah, and the head coaches about this team, they're doing a little uh, different here. They're going to have more of like an advisory capacity with the head coaches and they're they're going to elevate some of the the coordinators and position coaches up to bigger um, roles to see how they respond and i think this is a great innovation for this game and i think we'll see more of this moving forward no question, Casey. And and they'll uh, those those coaches will then take a, a bird's eye view of all of those players, how they interact with each other. Of course, every NFL team sends a contingency of staffs, if not their GM, uh, over to Mobile to to watch basically the entire week of practice to see uh, how these guys interact and stuff on the sidelines and how they perform in all the drills, etc. It's an awesome event. Yeah, dude, so much talent down there in Mobile with the Senior Bowl. And now we know the draft order of how some of those seniors will be drafted in teams that they're probably going to. Yeah, and just to take a quick glance at the top, it's the Jags, Lions, Texans, uh, Jets, Giants, Panthers. The thing I think that jumps out at me, Casey, obviously the Jags are back on on top again, and the (laughs) Lions are picking high as well. Um, I look at the Texans there, and they've got that third pick, and they've also got the Deshaun Watson. I think Davis Mills has kind of shown that he is an NFL caliber quarterback. If they can uh, resolve that Watson situation and uh, get a a haul back in terms of draft picks, they'll have more uh, draft capital there as well. I love uh, what the Jets have got going with the fourth pick as well as the 10th pick uh, that they acquired in the trade with the Seahawks. Um, And then the Giants, they're picking uh, fifth and seventh. And um, that gives them a lot of power at the top end of this draft. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this thing plays out. They, uh, the word is not a lot of quarterback talent coming out of this draft, although they seem to rise as the draft gets a little closer. Yeah. Um, but these teams will be working that, try to you know flip it around and get your team headed in the right direction. So we'd yeah, love the know- draft. Oh, I mean, uh, I'm already focused on the draft, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but how about the Eagles at 15 and 16? Both of those picks acquired via trade. Uh, one's the Dolphins, one's the Colts. And then they've got their own pick as they 
that pick will be devalued. But let's assume that maybe they uh, get have a pick in the 20s there. Now you're talking 15, 16, and, and, and 20. That's three picks. And like you said, who knows if this quarterback um, – uh, class is going to be any good, but they always get better as we get closer to the draft and we get a good look at them, right? So we'll see if if um, if they're satisfied uh, status quo uh, in Philadelphia or if they want to change up the quarterback. It'll be interesting. Yeah, man, I'm not digging the Eagles having all those picks and being in the playoffs, but Sunday might be a good barometer of what they need to do with one of those top picks, depending on how Jalen Hurts plays. But we'll get to that in a minute there, Dave. But I want to get on this, man. I saw this the other day. Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch has been targeted by Amazon Prime to have a little um, show going. It's going to be a more relaxed studio show. And I think this is a genius idea. And this is a brilliant pick. This guy has a ton of personality. And as we've seen, Snoop's uh, commentary has gotten to be really big. The Manning cast, they're getting these less traditional avenues to do some of this football commentary. And... Beast mode seems like a perfect choice to me, man. Absolutely, dude. He's very unique. You know, this is the guy that shunned the media for years and years, took fines uh, for not wanting to talk to the media. But interestingly enough, he was uh, already in season three of Westworld. Uh, a little sort of was uh, it was a bit part more uh, more than a cameo. It was actually a legitimate part, uh, but. Mar- Marshawn kind of just being Marshawn and, and it's fun. I was like, that, look, that dude looks like Marshawn. And sure, I looked it up and yep, that's Marshawn Liz, man. Uh, so it looks like he's got his eye on on his post NFL career too. So miss, this might perfectly uh, line up for him uh, and, and for Amazon Prime. That would be awesome. Yeah, a little Henny and a handful of Skittles, baby. That's how you get it done. <laughs> that's right. Oh man, Dave, this might be a little painful to rehash, but um, this is a cool trend as well happening in the NFL. Steeler fans showing Daniel Carlson a little love via charitable donations to some of his favorite charities. We've seen this the last couple years, and it's kind of cool to see other fan bases giving back across different teams. Yeah, it is. It is a, a one of one good thing that came out of that horrible situation <laughs> when the Raiders beat the Chargers. But I'll tell you what, the Chargers players have some charities too, Casey. We could have <laughs> we could have received some donations. Anyways, I I digress. That is a cool thing though, um, and and I hope that the the Steelers fans were were generous uh, because they're in the playoffs, man. Yeah, we saw this a couple of years ago with Andy Dalton when uh, he sent the Ravens home and the Bills in. So it's kind of a cool thing moving forward. But, Dave, if you actually want to see some football games, I went out there and checked the uh, the price on some tickets, some value, <laughs> some not so much. I started this with looking at just the price to get into the stadium and then um, lower level 50 yard line. Um, prices cool. all via resale through Ticketmaster. But it's interesting to see what a uh, ticket to the game will get you. Yeah, the Vegas versus Cincinnati game. You can get in the door for two twenty-five, but if you want those choice uh, seats, Casey, eleven hundred bucks. And how about New England at Buffalo? Just fifty-six bucks gets you in the door. That's not bad, dude. Bargain, but, dude. Right? Five fifty though, if you want a choice uh, position to see that one. How about Philadelphia Tampa? This one's exciting. One ninety just to get in the door with the nosebleeders, Casey. But uh, how about twenty-five hundred bucks? For a killer seat for that one to see Tom Brady, dude. And then, dude, San Fran at Dallas. You know, Jarrah wants 100K in the stadium. 
on Sunday, Man. so you can have one of those uh, party pit standing room only tickets. That'll set you back one eighty five. But if you actually want somewhere to put your butt, it's three twenty nine. And if you want to see the action up close, that's going to cost you twenty four hundo. Um, Pittsburgh at KC one twenty nine. That's not a bad deal to get in, and five fifty for the choice tickets. I like that as well. And then, of course, the Monday nighter, the cards at the Rams, 79 for the 500 sections. But, Dave, that is so damn high. That's even higher than I was for the Rolling Stones. And I couldn't even tell what the hell was going on on the stage. <laughs> and if you want a choice seat, that's going to set you back 2300 bucks. Wow. Hey, every seat at SoFi, Casey, is a choice seat. Come on now. <laughs> that's right. The 500s are pretty damn high. <laughs> Watching the game on that infinity screen, man. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dope. But Dave, <laughs> let's get into these games, bro. It's super right. wild card weekend. Super. Uh, it's, well, yeah, it's mandatory to, to preface it with super. <laughs> All right, Casey, rematches. Let's talk rematches. Five of the six games in super wild card weekend are rematches of 2021 regular season game. No other wild card round in league history has had. Wow. That many rematches, of course, we have more wild card games. So that's part of that, though, right? But don't expect the team that won the regular season matchup to automatically win the wild card one, Casey. Eight teams in the previous five years have rebounded from at least one regular season loss to their opponent to avenge that loss with a win in the wild card, dude. Whoa, dude. Hey, and don't think that you're hosting that game, that that's going to matter for you. The road team has won 10 of the last 14 wildcard games over the past three season, Dave, including four of six last year. And since 2017, road teams are 12 and six in the wildcard round. I don't like that as a, a fan of a team that's hosting this weekend. I don't like it at all. <laughs> Hell, the the uh, Rams got a little taste of that at SoFi last week when the 49er fans came in hordes and made Dude. a lot of noise. Yeah, that sounded like a home game for the Niners. And then you looked out, it was a sea of red, man. That was crazy. Yep, and that's the way it is in L.A. You can say it's a bad football town, or you could say it's a really good football town. Everybody moved here and stayed loyal to the, the, the team that's that right. they grew up loving. So, anyways, people come out and they represent. So, uh, that's uh, that's made this home field advantage maybe a little less uh, uh, of an advantageous. Advantage. Yeah, there you go. All <laughs> right, Jay, let's get it started on Saturday in the AFC. It's the Las Vegas Raiders at the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Bengals are six and a half point favorites at home. But Dave, nobody in human history has ever sent a text message about a Bengals uh, playoff victory. You know why? <laughs> why? Because right? the last playoff win was in 91. And the first text message wasn't sent till 1992. WTF, LOL, LOL. <laughs> They had to, they sent it by pigeon or something. Yeah. Morse code. Oh man, Dave, you mentioned the rematches earlier. This is a rematch from a week 11 game at Las Vegas. The Bengals stomped those Raiders 32 to 13. The Bengals have won four out of the last five of this series, but Dave, you throw all that crap out when it's the playoffs. Absolutely, dude. And let's just get started with this Bengals offense, man. This this offense has been jamming, and it's obviously um, largely due to the quarterback, Joe Burrow. I mean, he, he, he gets knocked out halfway through his rookie season, and uh, arguably the comeback player of the year. We can argue about that later because he's had a phenomenal uh, sophomore season, and along with him, uh, the, the wide receiver putting up 
crazy numbers, right? Jamar Chase, almost, what, over 1,450 wow. receiving yeah. yards and just a game-breaker, man. A uh, couple of crazy games where he just flat-out took over. But this this Bengals offense, two of the receivers, 1,000-yard um, receivers this year, that's a rarity, too. For I mean, for any team, much less the Bengals, dude. Yeah, and if Joey B doesn't blow out his leg last year, they're not even going to get Jamar Chase. So kind of, right. I think... Joe's like, I would go through that to have this guy on my roster now. But, um, you know, they the Bengals have also been running the ball with Joe Mixon there. Last time these guys played, he went over 123 yards and two touchdowns. But, Dave, how do you prevent Joe B from throwing all those touchdowns? You get after the quarterback, and that's what the Raiders do really well. And in the last five Bengals games, Joey B's been sacked 21 times. So that looks like a matchup that's pretty good for that Raiders front, man, they are aggressive. Max Crosby having his best game as a pro. So can the Raiders get pressure on Burrow, get them out of the run game, and then force them to throw? And when they do throw, uh, can they hit them? Yeah, and don't forget Yannick Ngakwe, too, uh, for that Raider front. Yeah. Ten sacks for Ngakwe. Um, and, and you, like you said, him and Crosby, they, they can cr- create havoc back there. And we know how many times this year um, – Joe Burrow's been sacked. It's a crap load. So um, that is a, a, a certainly a concern for this Bengals offense. Yeah, dude, and you flip it over, this Raiders offense, I wouldn't call it sexy. Um, but, dude, this team just finds ways to win games. They reel off four in a row to end the season. They only won those games by two, four, three, and three. But the offense, <laughs> especially Derek Carr, has got it done when he's had to, and that's been impressive. Yeah, and, you know, there's been a a lot of impressive players. Obviously, this Raiders team sort of weathered the storm for a lot of things this season, and a lot of that falls on um, the shoulders of of Derek Carr. He's he's consistent, and this is actually his um, eighth 3,000-yard season in a row. So that's how consistent he is. But um, this year, very, very consistent, and... Looking at guys, they lose the um, rugs, the the most explosive receiver they have. But Hunter Renfro, dude, yeah. just became an absolute um, route running genius out there, and and he's a special teams guy too. That really makes a contribution in that um, respect as well. Darren Waller missed, I believe, five games in there. They got him back last week. He got kind of um, maybe knocked a little rust off. Didn't have a big game at all. But they're going to need him to also. Uh, be a weapon uh, for Carr in this game. Not to mention uh, Josh Jacobs coming off that last uh, last weekend's game, basically a de facto playoff game against the Chargers. He had a career high rushing of something like 140 yards or something like that. And he's going through it with banged up ribs. So he's playing um, just, you know, just you know, with the, all of his guts, dude, and and uh, he's just getting it done. Twelve hundred and twenty uh, rushing yards for Jacobs on the season. This is an impressive group. How they've bonded together this season and found a way to win these games at the end to put themselves in the position they are right now. Yeah, we're talking. You're talking about Josh Jacobs last week in fourth quarter and overtime, averaging over nine yards a carry. So these Raiders are playing their best ball at the end of the game. But last time these two teams played, Dave, the Raiders only ran for 37 yards. That's something Cincinnati would like to uh, accomplish with that defense. Again, not a lot of stars on this team. One guy that brought over, Trey Hendrickson, he's been awesome. He really gets after the quarterback, 14 sacks, and the tackles for loss from this guy. Can they shut that run game down and then get in uh, 
De Derek Carr's face. That is yet to be seen, but that is going to be a huge part of this game, man. No doubt. And we talked about home field advantage. What will home field advantage mean for this Bengals uh, crowd that, you know, it's few and far between that they have this kind of team to go out and go celebrate, right? And go watch, yeah. uh, give them, root them on. So be interesting. All right. Up next, Dave, we got the New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are four and a half favorite, uh, favorites at home. And the Patriots won in week 13 at Buffalo, 14-10. You might remember that game. Uh, Mac Jones had three passes. And then in week 16, <laughs> the Bills paid them back, kicking the Patriots' butts at New England, 33-21. to Yeah, and we'll get it started with the Bills on offense. This Buffalo Bills offense um, is, is absolutely lighting it up this year. Um, they were top five in offense. Not the greatest run offense, Casey, certainly throughout the course of the season, right? But really uh, riding on the arm of Josh Allen. Yeah, you mentioned that run game. Last couple of weeks, they kind of got it going. I don't know if that was an anomaly or not, but Devin Singletary, last couple of weeks, 42 carries, 198 yards, and three touchdowns. That's going to be a formula they need to repeat if they want to advance against these uh, the Patriots, man, because that's a stinchy defense. But you're talking about <laughs> Josh Allen, bro. This guy is a stud. Oh, dude. And, and yeah, when when it came, comes to the playoffs, it seems like that's when he really unleashes the legs. You know what I mean? Where yeah. he just says, Hey, if it's not downfield, I'm not throwing it in traffic. I'm not forcing it. I'm not throwing it away. I'm running the football and get out of my way. I'm going to plow you, dude. <laughs> yeah. I remember like a couple years ago when they were playing the uh, Texans in the playoffs and they had the game almost yep. run away. And then all of a sudden the Texans came back and they showed Josh Allen on the sideline, just like dazed and confused. Like he got hit in the head with a brick and he was just like, what the hell's going on? He's obviously learned from that. And uh, I think, that ass kicking is going to come back and help them this go around. You know, sometimes you got to learn the hard way, especially in the playoffs, how difficult it is to advance. Yeah. And on the other side, uh, we know they've already got one there. They split the season, but that's Bill Belichick over there coaching yeah. that team. And that guy always puts a great, great plan together. He knows how to utilize his talents. He, he, he hodgepodge together kind of some no-namer kind of guys, and he guess what happens? They're ranked fourth in total defense in the NFL, second in pass defense. That's Bill Belichick. He just coaches them up, and uh, you know he makes it very, very difficult for teams' uh, offenses. Yeah, dude, and I love J.C. Jackson. This is a guy that's not getting a ton of pub out there, but um, mm -hmm. actually led the NFL with 23 uh, pass uh, defensive, eight interceptions, eight of the 23 that this uh, second-rated uh, turnover machine Patriots secondary is. So they will make you pay if you make mistakes, and they're kind of counting on that to help their offense stay in this game. Yep, Casey. And how about the uh, New England Patriots on offense? Let's talk about them. They, the Patriots as a team has may, have made the playoffs 11 of the last 12 seasons. Well, why did they miss it? Well, it was last year when Tom Brady left and they were in transition at the quarterback. But guess what? Mac Jones, the rookie, came on and he doesn't play like a rookie, Casey. I mean, he has led this team and it looks like he's a seasoned veteran out there. Oh, yeah, dude. His poise... Um, in these games, he's able to stay in the confines of what the game plan is. Doesn't take a lot of mistakes. Can hit some of those bigger throws downfield too. Doesn't have mm -hmm. like your, you know, your your named uh, receivers Myers and Bourne. 
are the guys there. They brought in your guy, um, Hunter Henry, when he's been healthy. He's really had an impact on the game. We haven't seen that out of Jonu Smith, who they brought over from the Titans, that one-two mm-hmm. punch at tight end. But, Dave, a one-two punch, I don't know if there's a better one than Damian Harris and my guy, Ramondre Stevenson. No question about that, dude. And these guys run uh, physical, run, run, you know, hard. And it, that's the kind of thing, like when you're going to Buffalo and the temperature's not that good and you just have to hammer and hammer away, that's the type of kind of back that you love. Dudes that can just hit the hole hard and crash into the first guy they get to and pick up the yards that are there, man. And that's what those dudes do, uh, Stevenson and, and Harris. And they're very productive backs, man. So um, this we, we don't know what the weather's going to be like down the road there in Buffalo. It's going to suck. Yeah, it's not, it's not, <laughs> we can guess that it's not going to be really the beach. Uh, all that lovely. But um, it's certainly going to be exciting to see it, it, what kind of game it is and how the weather impacts that game but the this Patriots team can play that style and that might be very beneficial in in this particular uh, matchup and Dave if you're not a sicko like you and I you might not know (laughs) who the number one uh, ranked team in total defense is (laughs) that would be the opponent for the Patriots the Buffalo Bills ranked first in total defense and in scoring defense that is Sneaky, sneaky stuff right there. You just don't think of them. When you think of the Buffalo Bills, you're thinking of Josh Allen and the big arm and the, and the offensive fireworks. But the defense on the other side, really getting it done. The only team, also speaking of, ranking top five in total offense and total defense. So a very balanced team. We mentioned it. Not not great at running, although they've picked that up lately. But what a balanced football team. Just the kind of team that you need to beat a Bill Belichick-led Patriot team. Yeah, they're going to want to force Mac Jones to be the guy that wins this game for the Patriots. Can he do it? We're going to find out on Saturday night. That is going to be awesome. You're right. They're going to put it on Mac's shoulders. All right. Up next, dude, Sunday's action. We got the Philadelphia Eagles at the Tampa Bay Bucks, And the defending world champs are eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah, and what can you say about the Tampa Bay offense led by Tom Brady, the one that won the Super Bowl last year, a little bit different than the one that's going to take the field here uh, this weekend, Casey. But one commonality, Tom Brady. And it just seems like his drive to uh, get it done uh, is, is unsur- you know, it's unsurpassed by anyone any in any field anywhere, not much less just quarterbacks. But um, yeah, this Tampa Bay offense, it's got a lot of pieces that are kind of missing right now. Yeah, they definitely do. Uh, you know, Mike Evans is there and Gronk is there, but they don't have Chris Godwin. A.B.'s not there, and A.B. was a huge part of that run last year. Might not have Ronald Jones in this thing either. They're starting to get some other pieces back. Um, playoff run, Lenny should be back for this one, hopefully. <laughs> but if not, you put it on TB12's arm. But, Dave, this uh, these guys played, I think it was week six. The Bucks won 28-22. to 22. It looked like they were putting that game away. And then um, something clicked with the Eagles there. We know that they got a good defense that's kept them in games. But when Mm -hmm. they decided to start running the damn ball is when their season kind of turned around. Yeah, they were getting crushed in that game. And I think the Buccaneers maybe let off the hook, uh, let them off the hook a little bit or let off the accelerator or, you know, just didn't find the kill switch. But uh, that that is right. It was sort of a turning point there in week six for this Eagles uh, squad. They were getting, uh, you know, like, why aren't they running? Why aren't they running? And sure enough, they got the run game going there. And they now um, lead the NFL in rushing offense at nearly 160-yard game. 
and rushing touchdowns at 25. A lot of times that's uh, that's a stat that's bolstered by a running quarterback. But hey, moving into the playoffs and moving into this specific game, that we're, that's exactly what we're looking for from the quarterback, right? We're expecting him to make plays. We need to see Hertz do some special things in this. And it doesn't always have to be, you got to move the chains. Yeah, you know, and Hertz has so much big game experience from college when he was at Bama and then went on to Oklahoma. So I don't think the the lights are going to be too bright for him, but he's still yep. going to have to play pretty good football. He did lead, uh, lead the league in rushing yards for a quarterback, almost 800 there and 10 touchdowns. But he's going to have to at some point make plays with his arm. Um, he got his guy, Devontae Smith, from Bama, and those guys have some nice chemistry going. It is a plethora of backs in the backfield. I don't know if uh, Sanders is going to be healthy, but that's a nice uh, Cerberus back there with him, Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell. But Dallas yeah. Goddard, once they moved uh, uh, Ertz, Ertz out of there. Yeah. Arizona, this guy's really starting to develop too. So lots of weapons there. If they can take care of the football and get that run game going, that's going to be a huge part of this. Now in the beginning of the year, you couldn't run on Tampa at all. As they've had some injuries, teams have really started to run the football on them, but they're getting a bunch of players back. And it was this defense that propelled them to the world championship last year. No question. Absolutely about it. And, you know, when you think about the, it's not quite the defense it was, and you mentioned it, they've been a little suspect. Really, Remember, earlier in the season, they had a lot of uh, dinged up guys in the secondary. So that yeah. kind of skewed where we're like, oh, of course, teams are going to throw on them. They can't be run on. Right. And now it's um, it's really the, the run that's been a little suspect lately. But I'm thinking that they're going to put it together. This game is going to come down to, you know, the, the Eagles want to make this a little bit lower scoring, kind of hammer it away, run it a lot, run the clock kind of game. And the Tampa Bay uh, uh, is kind of looking for like, let's see if we can unleash that offense that was second in the NFL in scoring at over 30 points a game and over 400 yards. Uh, let's see if we can unleash that, even though not all the pieces are in place uh, on that offense, especially in the receiving group. Uh, they still have lots of guys and they still have uh, TB12 running the show. That's right. Oh, man, that's going to be a good one. But, Dave, there's not a better one than this, bro. We got the San Francisco 49ers at my Dallas Cowboys, and the boys are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Dude, this is, of course, from the 90s, what everyone called the Super Bowl, because, of course, even though it was the NFC Championship, whoever won this thing was just going to roll over the AFC and grab that Super Bowl trophy. But let's start it with the Dallas Cowboys offense. Casey, I defer to you, sir. (laughs) Yeah, you know, uh, there's been so much negativity for, you know, the, the, the most productive offense in the league. And I you caught know, you the, off guard. Yeah. Dak was slumping, you know, only to 4,500 yards and 37 touchdowns and 104.2 passer rating. You know, I think the biggest problem with the Cowboys has been the constant change in the offensive line. They've had guys moved in and out all season long. Terrence that's, Smith is supposed to be back here at left right. tackle. Connor Williams, a little suspect at left guard. But he's okay. He's just got to limit the uh, the holding penalties. And Biotis just coming along at center, the right side with uh, Zach Martin and LC should be fine there. But getting some continuity up front is really going to open things up. I know it was Philly's JV defense last week, but it was the first time in a while that I'd seen Dak having a nice pocket that he could step into and really fire it downfield. We know about the weapons with CD. They got to get Amari involved early in this thing. Dalton Schultz has been, uh, you know, better than anybody 
had expected this year. His blocking's a little bit sus, so I like Blake Jarwin being back to help with that. But Zeke looked pretty healthy last mm-hmm. week. He had 87 yards and kind of had that burst that we hadn't seen. And Tony Pollard, dude, when this guy's on the field, get him the damn ball because he can put it in the end zone from anywhere Explosive. on the field. Tons of weapons, but Dave, can that offensive line stop the pressure from that Niners defense because that front on the other side is brutal, bro. No doubt. They have a Bosa, and that particular Bosa, Nick Bosa, Bosa, he's got 15 and a half sacks, Casey. I don't like that. Yeah, I know you don't like that. They (laughs) ranked second in the NFC in total defense, uh, just 310 yards allowed per game. They are fourth in sacks. That could play a role in this game. Can they get after Dak? Can they make him uncomfortable? Can they slow down the running game or, or negate the Cowboys running game and make it uh, a game where they can get after Dak and and attack the quarterback? Right. Obviously, there's a lot of weapons that the Cowboys have, so that might backfire. But they're going to try and basically be very, very stout defensively and not get not get run on by that big, strong Cowboy offense and, and Zeke and, and the company there. Yeah, dude, I would love to see the Cowboys do some play action on early downs, not just come out and try to run on first down every time because, you know, you mentioned the front four. and the Yeah, and Fred Warner, dude, one of the best linebackers in the biz, too. Tackling machine. Got to stay ahead of the change. You can't be looking at second nine, third and 11. That's the way you'll lose this game. But you flip it over. Um, speaking of run games, dude, that is kind of the bread and butter of this uh, San Francisco team. And they got a dude there. He's got a WR in front of his name, but it should be a, a DA <laughs> because he does it all. Oh, you're talking about Ebo Samuel. Yeah, he is a running back that plays the wide receiver position. And he has been an absolute beast uh, this year uh, from whether receiving the football, uh, it, whether he's deep in the route, shallow in the route. Um, whether they run him in the uh, end around, whatever it is, when you get the ball in his hands, he becomes a running back, and he's he runs with um, with a vengeance back there. They also run in the football. Their run scheme is so good that you can seriously plug in like pretty much regular old guys at back, and they get it done. They they got Elijah Mitchell this year. They drafted Trey Sermon in the third round. Elijah Mitchell is sort of an afterthought. Sermon, uh, you know, spins out, gets injured up. And Elijah Mitchell, the rookie, with almost a thousand yards rushing on the season, um, the, this this scheme is as good as any scheme in the NFL at running the football. Um, so San Francisco third in total offense. I mean, and Jimmy G missed games here. We had games in there with Trey uh, Lance out there that were a little suspect in terms of you know the the execution on from the quarterback position jimmy g's got the banged up finger or whatever you want to call that thing the 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 tendon that's got the 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 finger bent wrong but he's playing through it he's playing well he's throwing the ball uh like jimmy g throw it but jimmy g's going to just have to make just enough plays here that they can facilitate that run game move the chains and and keep the cowboys defense on the field and keep the cowboys offense off the field yeah you know and george kittle missed a big part of the season and since he's been back that offense has gotten going and brandon Ayuk, he was kind of in the doghouse earlier with shanny and then he got out of the doghouse and he's continued yeah. to kick some butt so um tough matchups you got to play so disciplined against these guys lots of motion lots of misdirection dallas mm-hmm. has to really stay disciplined on the edges and especially at the linebacker position obviously um 
Micah Parsons has been all world. Sick. He's yeah. going to have to have a huge game, but so will Leighton Vanderesh. They have to stay disciplined. They can't get eaten up in that wash. Watch those lanes, and they have to shut down the run. And I can't stress discipline enough. Have I mentioned discipline, Dave? Discipline is key, Casey. Definitely, you know, because if you can get these guys into some passing situations, Jimmy will give you one. Jimmy will do a and a and that's what I was say. Don't forget about your boy Trayvon Diggs with his eleven picks, Casey's, because that could be one of the things that changes this game in a very very closely uh, uh, fought battle. Here, you could uh, force Jimmy G down a distance wide by by like you're saying, playing that de- defensive discipline, shutting them down on first and or second down, putting them into passing scenarios, and then. Uh, letting your guys in the secondary take care of business. And if you can get those timely turnovers, that could be the difference in this football game. Yeah, and, you know, Lewis has been a really good uh, nickel back there. And A.B., he gets uh, – Anthony Brown gets a lot of grief, but he plays pretty well there. But, Dave, J. Ron Curse, this is a guy that came over, hadn't been much more than a, a special teamer on any of these other teams. He's been – Awesome for the Cowboys. I think the uh, the rest of the country will get to see this guy. Hopefully he's healthy. He's had a hammy, so he missed last week. Definitely need him to try to body up against George Kittle there. Can the defense play discipline? Can they make tackles? Um, if they can, like I said, put this on Jimmy's shoulders. That's when D-Law and Randy Gregory and uh, oh, Carson yeah. can get after the quarterback. So yep. um, I don't like this matchup at all. I've got so much uh, built-up hate for these Niners. But you'd love to see, you know, a rivalry like this renewed. Shani was saying that most of his guys had no idea that this used to be uh, a big time uh, rivalry Rivalry. in the playoffs. They're like, oh, we weren't born back then. But it definitely is. And I can't wait to see this thing. And, uh, you know, who's more physical is going to win this game? Who sets that tone on the physicality level? I'm hoping it's Dallas. But, uh, man. What a game, dude, and it's it's going to you know throw us back to yesteryear, and I'm completely stoked for this game, bro. Yeah, uh, yeah I'll tell you what, first down is going to be huge for their offense. Can they pick up five, six yards and set themselves up in second and, and medium or second and short? Uh, really, I look at the takeaway, uh, giveaway takeaway, they're minus four, you're plus 14. So stopping them on first down sets up the ability for the Cowboys to get after the quarterback and create those turnovers, whether you're sacking and fumbling or you're getting the pick. Other side of the equation, they're running the football on you, moving the chains, getting those short um, passes completed, and uh, keeping out of trouble in the down and distance scenario and uh, avoiding the turnovers. That's a pretty significant difference in turnovers. So we'll see. Dude, I'm flipping out. I just need to pound a couple of NyQuil's and just sleep from now until the game, dude. I don't. <laughs> I just want to be at the game already. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, if we survive that, we have a pretty awesome Sunday night game. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Kansas City Chiefs. And for a playoff game, dude, 12 and a half point favorites at home for these chefs. This is a rematch from week 16 when the Chiefs dominated the Steelers 36-10. Yeah, Chiefs offensively ranked third in the NFL, Casey, almost 400 yards a game. Uh, They were fourth in scoring offense. So no surprise, early on when everybody was freaking out on the Chiefs and everything, it was their defense that was historically awful. But their offense was also out of sync, and teams were playing them differently. They weren't giving up the big play. They were forcing Mahomes to be uh, more patient. Oh, guess what? 
Mahomes and Andy Reid in particular figured it out and got it going. They don't mind driving 11, 12 plays getting down the field. Sure, they'd love to score in one or two like they used to, but the way teams are playing them now, they're having to be more patient, and they've really developed that skill of figuring yeah. out how to be more patient. And as a result, they've kind of opened up the run game a little bit too. And Patrick Mahomes, we know how athletic he is. He can move the chains with his feet. He can do those crazy passes. But one way or another, he can move the chains. And uh, that's they don't they don't mind driving uh, with ten play drives now and eight minutes and stuff like that. That just eats the other team up too. Yeah, they might have to do more of that. Tyreek Hill hurt that heel. Um, last week. So we'll see how much he's got in the tank. I'm sure he's going to go, but will he be at full of speed? And, you know, you have Hardman and Pringle. These guys have been contributors, but that nobody's been able to step and be that other dude. Obviously, we know about Kelsey, such a huge yeah. part of this offense, too. But you were, you mentioned uh, the, the short game, dude. They don't run great, but Daryl Williams, uh, the screen passes. And I think last year in the Super Bowl, when Mahomes mm-hmm. saw Brady willing to take all that underneath stuff, it's just as good. That gets you down there. So he needs to stick with that. Um, I'm not sure they're going to have Clyde in this one or not. But Williams yeah, is Frank Gore has played well, too. Uh, Frank, not Frank Gore. The other Gore, their, their young Gore uh, running back as well, has been yeah. nice in the screen game and the draws and stuff. Uh, he has been very productive as well for them. So, yeah, they have um, you know found a way to adjust how they attack defenses and and they've dialed it in and here we are. And, and now you look at this Steelers defense that they're attacking Casey. Um, the Steelers would love to get you in third and long because they lead the NFL with 55 sacks. That's the first team in NFL history to lead the league for five consecutive seasons in sacks. Uh, wow. that's their MO. Yeah. This isn't the, uh, the, the, um, the old Steeler from the seventies. It's not that it's not that, but man, the the heart and soul of the whole Steelers team kind of right now is TJ Watt. And the, and now he achieved the sack record at 22 and a half. He tied it. And, um, man, he plays, uh, his guts out out there, dude. Yeah. And you know, uh, Cameron Hayward in the middle, you kind of got Watt on the edge and Hayward in the middle eating up. He had 10 sacks too. And, uh, you know, that secondary is pretty good. I'm not sure if Hayden's going to be there or not. But once they got Mika Fitzpatrick back, he is such a dynamic playmaker on the back end. So they have all the weapons. They are not that good against the run, but I don't think that's really going to matter against these Chiefs there. But they do make plays. They have, you know, they grab the turnover. They make the big play when it's needed to get done. And this was a, a Pittsburgh team limping into the back half of this season. And they found a way to get it in. Um, you flip it over to this offense. You mentioned it's not like the steel curtain of old. This is not like the Steelers of old. They don't run the ball really well, but Najee Harris is an exciting playmaker and kind of picked it up uh, yeah. in the last few games as well. He is going to be a stud once they get that O-line sorted out, but still weapons are plenty and big Ben back there. That is still a future Hall of Fame quarterback that if you give him some time, he can find the guys, but it's not the downfield bombing with these guys either. He has to eat up a lot of the underneath as well. Yeah, and you mentioned they, they, they really can't run. Statistically, uh, over the course of the season, they were one of the worst running teams. It was very unstealer-like, and obviously can't stop the run. But Najee Harris, the rookie, 1,200 yards. I mean, 
that's nothing to sneeze at, right? And then Deontay Johnson, uh, over 1,100 yards receiving. So um, they do have some weapons there. Big Ben has played well lately. It seems like for a little while there, we're like, oh, he's done, he's done, he's done. He shouldn't have come back, blah, blah, blah. Well, the, the stretch here as they've made this playoff run He's really played uh, just well enough to get everything done, to move that offense and to lead that offense uh, to victory. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this this uh, Big Ben, he wants to go out on a bang, right? And this this would be a huge win for him just to get this one in, in Kansas City. And we got to see if, you know, Chase Claypool has the football IQ the smarts to play in this game <laughs> and not be a distraction and not make a stupid play and cost your team. He's right. dynamic, but he's really made some poor decisions on the field. But Dave, you forgot my favorite player on the Steelers, Patrick Aquamanius Fryermuth. <laughs> That's right. The rookie tight end has had a really impressive season, and he's going to be a go-to guy if this if this Steeler team is going to move forward in the playoffs. Uh, they're going to have to use all their uh, all their weapons, and obviously uh, Fryermuth has come in and really established himself quite quickly as a guy that Big Ben can trust. And so that's going to be important to make some plays. And you don't think of this Chiefs defense as being a great defense, but guess what? If you've not been paying attention, they are a great defense. Spags has got this thing turned around. I think the problems they were having earlier is that offense was giving the ball away too many damn times. This defense has been making plays for the – Really, since about that Cowboys game is when they really started turning it on. But uh, lots of playmakers on that side of the field, dude. Absolutely. Uh, Tyrone Matthew is one that jumps out to me. But you're absolutely right. The first half of the season, they were literally one of the worst defenses in the league. In the second half of the season, they were literally one of the best defenses in the league. And Spagnola has got his guys playing, doing what they want. But let's talk talk about Chris Jones up front, dude. Uh, He does not get enough. Everyone goes right to Aaron uh, Donald, and rightfully so. But Chris Jones is a guy that's right there in that same conversation as a dude that ruins games for the other team. Dude, he He destroyed the Cowboys in that game. He was everywhere. Still having nightmares about that guy. Yeah. I mean, if he can get his game on and I'm telling you, he plays like with reckless abandon, he plays like a guy possessed when he's in there early in the season. Apparently they had him outside and he was out of position a little bit because of deficiencies on the defensive line. There mistake. Obviously, they figured and they've got him uh, playing exceptionally well right now. So, I mean, look for Chris Jones to make huge plays, nine sacks on the season. If he makes um, huge plays in this game. He could change the game personally, oh, yeah. like individually. And and so look out, Big Ben, because Chris Jones is coming. You know, don't run it. Don't run at him either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny, dude, is this uh, on paper looks like the biggest blowout according yeah. to the 2021 uh, 22 season. The Steelers are going to win this thing. That's how insane <laughs> That's this right. season is gone. That's so right. nothing would surprise me at this point. But, uh, you know. We'll how see did what the, happens. The Jags beat the How did the Jags beat the Colts? I mean, come on. <laughs> oh yeah. Colt fans right. still wondering about that one. Uh, and Dave, that would be enough if it was just a wild card weekend, but this is no regular wild card weekend, what? Dave. It's There's a more? super wild card that weekend. <laughs> super. Thanks for asking. How about asking for a little treat on Monday night? You got it, my friend. It's an NFC West matchup. The Arizona Cardinals at our Los Angeles Rams. Rams four and a half point favorites at home. But it was week four when these Cardinals came to town and beat the crap out of those Rams 37 to 20. Rams repaid the favor in zone of week 14, 30 
to 23. Dave, let's go ahead and talk about this Arizona offense. All right, man. How about this Arizona offense? It really lives and dies uh, with Kyler Murray, right? I mean, when Kyler's playing well, this offense is clicking. Obviously, um, they're one of their biggest weapons. Um, <clears throat> the wide receiver um, Hopkins has been uh, out of there for a Total while, and that's a right terrible, is. terrible shame, right, if you're a Cardinals fan because of what a dynamic playmaker he is, uh, and it seems highly unlikely. He's, 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 he's been ruled out, Casey. Yeah, right? I'm pretty sure he's not. Yeah. 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 So they're going to have to rely on some uh, some younger guys to get it done. But, you know, one of the things besides Kyler Murray and he, he can run, but he runs to, to pass, which is awesome. Yeah. But he can also move the chains when he needs to. He's going to have to do that in this game. But he's also going to have to lean on James Conner. James Conner has been an absolute I was I'm blown away at how uh, good of a back James Conner has panned out. Yeah. to be. And what a discount. He's signed like a million and a half contract for the season. What a great yeah. bargain for for the bang for your buck yards for your buck or touchdowns he's got like 15 18 15 touchdowns on the season so i mean this dude is um is an absolute um gem back there um so uh we'll have to see it's really going to fall though on the arm of kyler murray don't you think yeah, and you know, he's got to make good decisions when he does throw. But you mentioned he likes to, you know, run to throw. But he breaks that containment and get out there, and he can really kill you. We talked about it when we are talking about the Philly game. Zach Ertz coming over, dude. 74 catches, yeah. man. He has been a huge part of making this offense go in the absence of DeAndre Hopkins. And it's some games he's been there, some games not. A.J. Green, though, you'd love to have that veteran leadership in the playoff games. Not that he got a bunch of playoff experience <laughs> in Cincinnati, but he brings that <laughs> right. savvy veteran leadership here. And Christian Kirk, man, when this guy's on, um, he's the big play threat. And I'm not sure if Moore is going to play in this thing. The speed, the end around the jet sweeps. This guy is a dynamic playmaker. So hopefully yeah. he's out there too. So weapons on here. But you're right. It's going to fall on Kyler Murray to get this thing going. And Dave, just when you didn't think the Rams had any more draft picks to deal away, they got rid of one and brought in a Mr. Von Miller who's now That's finally right. healthy, and you stack him on the other end with Aaron Donald, and yeah, you got a pretty good damn defense here. Not great against the run, but getting pressure and causing uh, chaos, yeah, that's what the Rams do, dude. Yeah, let's not forget about Jalen Ramsey on, on in the secondary as well, Casey. And you're right, Von Miller came over. He wasn't, he wasn't healthy, uh, but of late, he's really ramped it up, and he's made timely, timely plays where he gets a sack just at the right time. So um, very, very um, strong defense. In fact, their defense has really um, played quite well. It seemed like earlier in the season, it was like, ah, this certainly isn't the defense that the Rams had last year. But they've really rounded into shape here as the season uh, has gone on. And and they're playing really good football. Problem is, defensively for the Rams on the backside, both safeties are banged up. One of them's got a concussion. The other one uh, is out for the year with an ankle injury. So they're down to at best one of those guys, and he's in the concussion protocol. They signed Eric Weddle, former Charger and former Raven, uh, uh, right off the beaches in Santa Monica, apparently, Casey, to go out there and um, I, I, I hope I hope is, I hope he's staying in shape. Let's just put it that way, because he's going to get a ta- They're going to test Weddle. Let's put it that way. Yeah, man, they, they are going to have their hands full. And, you know, Aaron Donald can only do so much, but what he can do is a lot. So it'll be interesting to see that matchup because we, we've seen it go both ways. But flip it over to this Rams offense. Mm-hmm. You had uh, 
Matthew Stafford. They were just throwing the MVP at him. Hit some adversity there. So now you kind of don't know what you're going to get with him. There's a lot of good, but there's a lot of bad as well. Yeah, and this 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 uh, this Rams offense, obviously, uh, you know, McVay is the you know super genius, and he can scheme people open uh, with the best of them out there. And he's got obviously the big arm quarterback in Stafford. Uh, you know, no question, very exciting. The thing about Stafford is he needs to avoid the interception, especially earlier in the game. He tends to get better as the game goes on. He starts a little um, rough sometimes. And if they get themselves in a deep hole, they sometimes can't get out of it, right? So he needs to be very careful. They need to be very careful coaching him and making sure that when they're uh, taking chances that they're being very cautious with the football because he's had a couple of pick sixes and a handful of interceptions. Those are the games that the Rams lose. When he doesn't have those turnovers, they dominate and they really put up a ton of points. They got great offense, obviously. I mean, Casey Cooper Cup, what can you wow. say about the deal? Yeah. You know, he uh, leads the NFL in catches, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. So uh, he's the first guy to do that uh, since, what, 1970 or something. It's it's crazy or whatever. I mean, there's a handful of guys, but nonetheless, it's an, an astonishing feat. One of very few guys that have ever done sort of the triple crown there, if yeah. you will. And he's basically unguardable. So let's just tell it like it is. But uh, uh, we know he's good, and Odell Beckham has come over. He's really, really sort of found a little spot uh, in the absence of um, Woods, who was yeah. really a, a really productive player for the Rams and who's out for the season. But also the running back situation, Casey. Yeah, you know, they expected Cam Akers to have a huge year coming in, got hurt in a training camp. He's actually hopefully going to be back. It's obviously going to be a limited role. Um, they expected Daryl Henderson to really take off with the job, but he wasn't able to stay healthy. They traded, got Sony Michelle over here, and he's actually been the bell cow for this team. Uh, almost a thousand yards rushing, uh, but it, he's brought over that Patriot way. You can count on him to make the play when it's needed. And uh, he's been a big addition to this offense. But Dave, I want to go back to the the, you know, once Odell Beckham got here, we've not seen a lot of Van Jefferson, and he was doing a lot in this offense early yeah, on. True. They need to find him again. And lately, who seems to be a little bit healthier is Tyler Higby, due to tight end. He's had a nice few weeks here to round out the season. Yeah, and he's a. There's plenty of weapons for Stafford here. You mentioned it. He's got to limit those turnovers, and that might be a problem, but dude. This Vance Joseph defense can show you a lot of different and confusing looks, and there's a ton of playmakers on the defensive side for these Arizona Cardinals too. Yeah, I mean, Buda Baker jumps out at me <clears throat> as one of the dudes that's you know uh, that's just really uh, exceptional at, at the safety position. Um, Chandler Jones at linebacker has been seems like an ageless veteran that continues to be um, a dude that makes plays. Those guys are going to have to step it up. They're going to have to find a way to shut down uh, the Rams running game and, and sort of kind of, I think, force it into a passing situation where they can try and get after Stafford and try and force those errors that I was talking about. They can't just sit back and, um, and let the Rams run their offense comfortably. Mm-hmm. They have to sort of find a way to attack the Rams offense and disrupt the Rams offense. And I really love Isaiah Simmons, dude. When he got there, they yeah. kind of didn't know how to use him. They figured it out and they put him all over the place. And he is a dynamic playmaker. Put him back there with Hicks. 
um, lots going on there. And then J.J. Watt got activated. I'm not sure if it's going to be in time for him to get in this game, but if the right. the Cardinals can stay alive and then maybe have J.J. for a push down there, man, you put him on the other end of Chandler Jones. This could be a scary defense. And Vance has a lot of different looks, gets a lot of people up on the line of scrimmage, and then they all bail so you don't know who's coming and who's going. So um, this is a, a fascinating game of cat and mouse, like I said. These guys split the uh, season series. This one's got major ramifications on it. No pun intended. But uh, <laughs> I can't wait to see this. And Monday night, hopefully L.A. It's a holiday. They can get there and represent the squad and have the SoFi completely rocking, dude. Um, I'm completely stoked no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> so let's look at the first two games. We talked about them briefly, but um, 57 points in the first one. Uh, 53 points in the second one. The Rams averaged over 20, 27 points a game. Nine times this year, the Cardinals have scored over 30. This looks like fireworks. Take the over, baby. This looks like fireworks on Monday night, baby. Woo. I like it. Cannot wait. Oh, man, this is going to be an awesome super wild card weekend. And, uh, super card. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. I want to let you know there is a ton of ways you can check out the football dudes. The Trend Zone, this podcast that you're listening to right now is available for a subscription for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever the hell you get your podcasts. Yeah, don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel, like us on Instagram and Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Football LA, and make sure you tag us across all those social media platforms. Thanks. And you definitely want to go to footballdudes.com. So much awesome information there. You won't believe your little peepers. Oh, man, that is going to do it for this Super Wild Card Weekend episode of the Trend Zone. Dave and I will be back to run the action for the whole playoff run. We appreciate you guys hanging out, and we are out of here.